I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. edition of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. I am your host, TJ McBride. You can find all of my work over at Mile High Sports under the Nuggets tab. There's all kinds of great content over there. Now that the draft lottery is done, you're going to see a piece up on five prospects I think the Nuggets can look at with the 14th pick, and there's all kinds of other stuff from throughout the offseason. But, like I mentioned, the 2018 NBA draft lottery has been completed. The Denver Nuggets did not jump into the top three picks, so they will remain as the 14th selection in the 2018 NBA draft, and that really opens up quite a few different possibilities for the Nuggets, and that's what we're going to go over today in this podcast. A lot of different NBA people throughout the league have told me that they feel this is a 13-player draft, and lo and behold, the Nuggets are on the outside looking in with that 14th pick. While that seems like it kind of straps the Nuggets into a corner, it actually opens up quite a few different potential opportunities for them to work with, and that's really what we're going to dive into in depth today in this podcast. Before we get into the rest of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast, I just wanted to remind everybody that we are presented by Terrapin Care Station. Since 2010, Terrapin Care Station has been providing patients and customers with high-quality cannabis products at everyday low prices. Serving the communities of Denver, Boulder, and Aurora, they offer their own flour and concentrates, as well as all of the brands that you love at prices that you just won't believe. They pride themselves at having the most knowledgeable and professional staff in the industry, and their team will work with you one-on-one to help you find the products that are perfect for you. Their dispensaries are unassuming, safe, and discreet with ample parking at every location for a seamless retail experience. For up-to-date menus and promotions, head to www.terrapincarestation.com or just come into one of their five convenient Colorado locations today. All right, let's get back into the rest of this podcast. So, Now that the draft lottery has been set, the Phoenix Suns are going to have the first pick, the Kings get the second pick, all hell is breaking loose, the bad teams are getting better, but that really doesn't pertain to Denver. Denver will be in that 14th selection, the very last pick of the lottery, and they do have some needs to look at and a few different options to go down. So before we get into what the Nuggets could do with that pick, let's kind of outline what their needs are going into the draft, as if they were just going to pick with that 14th pick regardless. The very first thing that the Nuggets need is more small forward depth. It really bit them in the ass last year that the Nuggets really could only rely on Wilson Chandler and or Torrey Craig to give them good minutes at the small forward position. Malik Beasley did not take a big step forward and did did not show that he could be that guy. In addition to that, Juancho Hernan Gomez was sick throughout the beginning of the year and really just had a lost season for his second season. Will Barton played admirably at the small forward position, but that really is him playing out of position. 
position. The one spot where the Nuggets really don't have a long-term future right now is at that small forward position. A lot of people hope that Juancho Hernan Gomez can be that guy, but there just hasn't been anything to prove that yet. So the first decision to be made, the first point of emphasis in this draft to address is likely going to be that small forward position. Um, when you're looking for small forwards in this draft, when you're looking for guys who can fill that void, it's going to be important to see how the Nuggets really attack that position because in this new age of positionalist um, basketball throughout offense and defense, there's a premium on the way that you draft wing players. We see the Boston Celtics who are now up 2-0 on the Cleveland Cavs. Cavaliers with LeBron James at the helm of the team because really they have all of these oversized, strong, fast, versatile wing players. And without those kind of guys, without that archetype of player, you really get left behind in this new age of the NBA. And that's really the one thing the Nuggets do not have right now. So finding a guy, somebody who can be able to guard positions two through four, guys who can hit threes but also rotate down and bang with bigger players, guys who can bring some semblance of disruptive defense and be able to give you more possessions, those types of players are at an absolute premium in the NBA right now. And the Nuggets need to find a way to get some semblance of those types of players. Because right now, they really just don't have many that they can deeply rely upon. So the number one thing that the Nuggets are going to need to look at is that small forward position and if whether they want to go smaller or bigger at that spot. The next position that the Nuggets are going to need to look to address throughout the draft and free agency is backup point guard. Jamal Murray has really supplanted himself as the future point guard of this Nuggets team for as things stand right now. The NBA is as chaotic of a league as it gets so that could change in the next five hours potentially, but the way every single front office member and coaching staff and player development coach has talked to me, Jamal Murray is the guy right now, and they completely believe in him and are completely behind him. The only thing that they don't have behind Jamal Murray is a competent backup point guard. Emmanuel Moutier was the embodiment of a dumpster fire. I mean, he was nicknamed the plague for a reason this year, and the Nuggets were getting nothing from their backup uh, point guard position. The Nuggets did make a mid-season trade and acquired Devin Harris, and while he struggled to start the year, he really came on towards the end of the year, especially during that six-game winning streak, um, and even in the Minnesota game when the Nuggets lost and were eliminated from postseason contention, he really did step up in a big way. So unless the Nuggets, for some reason, find a way to bring back Devin Harris to be that backup point guard or can find one in free agency, they may need to look to this draft to find a more polished and a more seasoned collegiate player that can back up Jamal Murray at the point guard position. The next order of business for the Nuggets is definitely going to be the defense. I mean, there's really not much to say here. The Nuggets were atrocious defensively. They've been atrocious defensively, and that's not going to change unless they get better defensive players. So any defensive player that doesn't play center, essentially, should be looked at in some capacity to be brought into this Denver Nuggets fold because they just don't have enough defensive players at this point to put together a competent defensive unit. And starting with the draft to be able to build throughout that will probably be the best way, and that leads me nicely into my last, I guess, need for the Nuggets in the draft, which is rim protection. While defense is needed everywhere, there is no rim protection whatsoever on this Nuggets team. There's guys who are good at dissuading guys at the rim, but they're not necessarily, they don't deny anybody at the rim. They don't intimidate anybody on their way to the rim. And having that kind of rim protection around Nikola Jokic, if you can find it from the power forward position, would be massive for the Nuggets down the line. So those are really going to be the four spots that 
that I'm looking for the Nuggets to address this year, which is the small forward position, just getting more big, versatile wings, the backup point guard position, any kind of defense, and then rim protection from somewhere on the floor that is not the center position because the Nuggets need rim protection around Nikola Jokic because he just really isn't going to bring that without that high-level athleticism that he just clearly does not have. So, how are the Nuggets going to go about that? What options do they have? I alluded to the fact earlier in the podcast that the Nuggets really have a lot of different options that they can explore and broach and see what they can kind of get out of them. Um, Drafting 14th is a weird position because there's not very many good players at the 14th pick. The Nuggets have never picked 14th before, and there really hasn't been a good track record of players who have been picked 14th as serviceable NBA players. So... While the Nuggets don't need to pick in 14, you're really not going to have a high percentage chance to get an impact player right away at that spot. So, with that being said, you can draft at 14, you can try and trade up from there and get a guy that they target that they feel can help immediately. The Nuggets could try and trade back, but we'll get into more of that in a second. I'll talk about my thoughts on trading back. Or they can use that pick as an asset, as a potential bargaining chip. Um, Before we get into the rest of those options, let's just talk about players the Nuggets could draft at pick 14. Um, The odds are that one of those top 13 guys will likely fall to Denver at 14. The real question is who, because because the Denver Nuggets have a lot of holes in their game, but they really need to find certain types of players. They can't afford to go to buy into guys who don't have a strong foundation or are two years away from being two years away, per se. So the guys that I really have signify that I think the Nuggets should go after are Zaire Smith out of Texas Tech. He is just an explosive, freakish athlete who played in a box offense at Texas Tech that's an old Bob Knight-type offense. And... While he really didn't get to showcase all of his skills, you can see the set three-point jumper being strong and consistent, his mechanics being fluid. You can see his ability to attack closeouts and take guys off the dribble off a couple bounces and really get up and dunk on guys. You see the creative finishing, you see the defensive versatility, and you see the effort. And when you couple all of those different traits with literally probably the most explosive athlete in this entire draft... You have the ability to have one of the more high upside and high impact guys from the get-go. Zaire Smith can defend guys can can defend one through three at the NBA level. Most guys, uh, most small forwards, if they're too strong, they can kind of get through Zaire. But at the same time, he has the quickness, he has the awareness, he has the IQ to still defend bigger players than himself. So Zaire Smith, very high upside guy that could still help Denver out the gate and be a very good pairing with Nikola Jokic. The Nuggets decide to go small and play a guy like Zaire at the small forward position instead of the guard position, which is where he's likely going to fit better at at the NBA level. Another guy is Miles Bridges. Um, Most mock drafts have him labeled higher than 14th. I'm kind of leaning towards the fact that if he doesn't project well in workouts for teams, he could be a guy that falls. His jumper is not perfect. He has not shown that his measurements are going to be ideal, so there is a potential for him to fall. What's great about him for the Denver Nuggets, though, is that he provides that versatility to where he can be a small ball four, he can be a big shooting guard, or he can play three for you. He has the versatility offensively and defensively to help at all times on the floor, and that's really because his jump shot has come along so far from his freshman year at Michigan State. Um, Miles Bridges is the perfect bowling ball of a defender that can defend anybody on the court at any given time, and he's really that 
he, what's the right term for it? He's the jack-of-all-trades defender that is the glue guy. He's the Marcus Smart of the Celtics, but for the Nuggets at that point. Having a guy who may be a little undersized for big guys, but is just completely overpowering for smaller players, but is still strong enough to bang with the bigs in the NBA defensively is so important for this Nuggets team that, again, just doesn't have very many defenders. He still has a long way to go to become a productive NBA defender or even collegiate defender, but you can see all of the skills and all the innate talent that is just God-given within Miles Bridges with that extreme athleticism, with that extreme just strength for his size and for his age. So he could be a player that the Nuggets could look at if he does fall that they could select a 14. Um, my personal favorite selection as a guy who could potentially fall a little bit is Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Shea Gilgis-Alexander was a player that wasn't really scouted enough as he came into the league, but as he continued to blossom in the NCAA, you could see just all of the freakish ability for his size. I mean, first of all, he's a 6'7 point guard, essentially, with a 6'11 wingspan who can play in the pick and roll, hit set threes, pull it from the other and hit jumpers, and he flips through gears like a Ferrari. He is one of those players that he doesn't have elite athleticism. He's not going to blow by you like Russell Westbrook off a first step. But he's so good at starting and stopping and changing speeds and flipping through gears that he gets the defender leaning and is crafty enough to round the rim that the second he gets even just the slightest breath of airspace, he's able to get a shot off either over you, around you, or under you with his offhand finishes. He is a smart, smart, smart wing player with point guard savvy, legitimate guard skills, three-point ability, and is a tenacious defender that can guard one through three immediately at the NBA level. If Shea Gildas-Alexander somehow falls to the Nuggets, I don't see how they can pick anybody else. He is absolutely my favorite guy for the Nuggets to pick at 14 as of right now, and I cannot wait to see what he can do. The next two guys I like are actually going to be really interesting because they both are similar but completely different players. They're both projected to be picked between 12 and about 18. Um, Tony Brown of Oregon and Kevin Knox. So Kevin Knox is going to be the entirely different player because he's an offensively minded player. He's got floaters, he's got runners, he can attack bigs off the bounce even though he's a 6'8 power forward himself. He's got the length, he's extremely young, he's got a soft shooting touch. The only thing is, is that the production has not matched all the skills yet. The three-point shot has not been there. He's shooting just a hair over 30% in college. He really just didn't show that he can be the guy. And even though his size was great, he wasn't able to create his own shot. He was not able to display any high-level athleticism, he was not able to blow by guys, and defensively, he looked like a train wreck most of the year. So, Kevin Knox is a guy that, while listed high in a lot of, a lot of mock drafts, is a guy that I really am not buying into personally. Very high upside. It's not like there's not a lot of innate skills and talent and a great foundation for him. It's just he has so far to go and there's questions about his effort and how much he really buys in, to the point where I really lean more towards Tony Brown. Tony Brown is known as just a ridiculously intelligent kid. He went to Oregon. He plays small forward slash power forward. He's a wing player, but he plays bigger than that. Um, still not quite a serviceable offensive player. He's better as a playmaker than he is as a scorer. And he's not shown that he can create his own shot either, but he is a very physical defender. A guy who can defend one through three and definitely some power forwards the second he gets to the NBA level. And a guy that will likely be available at 14. He's more looked at as a 
20s type of a pick in the first round. So the Nuggets could potentially just be like, you know what, there's not a trade for us, not something that we want to do, so we're just going to take a flyer on a guy like Tony Brown, who's a high upside defender with legitimate offensive skills, who's a high IQ guy, and a really tireless worker as a guy that we can kind of build around. And the Nuggets have shown that they value guys like that. Hard workers, intelligence, communicative, Tyler Lydon is all of those. And that's really why the Nuggets fell back on the Lydon pick when everything kind of fell apart on the draft night last year. So it would not surprise me to see Tony Brown be a pick like that. Those are really the five guys that I'm looking for to be the guys that the Nuggets could pick at 14. There's also an article up on Mile High Sports when you actually end up listening to this podcast that I wrote where I outline more of the games of these players in written form. So definitely go read that up on Mile High Sports. Um, Another option for the Nuggets that they could do, and this is an interesting one because the Nuggets have so many young players on their team, trying to trade up is going to be incredibly difficult in this draft. There are so many high-level players in this draft that you can't just assume that you're going to be able to find a perfect match and a trade partner to be able to move up and find the guy you want. It's just not that realistic. It's difficult to make those kinds of deals. What Denver does have going for them is that one of Malik Beasley and Wancho Hernan Gomez just isn't going to crack the rotation. There's too many players, there's too many good players in Denver for them to crack the rotation. So, you have to include one of them as a deal sweetener at some point because you're not going to have enough money to pay them. You're not going to have enough playing time to actually build their value. So you have to find some way to use them as an asset, to use those players to improve the roster in other ways, potentially. So trying to use a Wancho Hernan Gomez or a Malik Beasley with the 14th pick and even a one of the two second-round picks the Nuggets have to try and move up in the draft could be a very interesting conversation. Um, going back to the, to the Nuggets' biggest need at the small forward position, the best target, for, in my opinion, for the Nuggets to try and trade up for would be Mikhail Bridges out of Villanova. There's no more polished defender, in my opinion, on the perimeter in this draft. He is an absolute lights out three-point shooter. He's one of the hardest workers you'll find. High IQ type player. There really isn't a better player in this draft that is realistically attainable for the Nuggets than Mikhail Bridges. He is just perfect in every way and you could legitimately start him day one from training camp throughout the rest of the season and odds are he's going to be more of a positive player than a negative player even as a rookie with all of those responsibilities. He is that good, that polished, that ready for the NBA. Um, another guy that's a really interesting conversation is Michael Porter Jr. Because Michael Porter Jr., he has all of the offensive skills that you want to see in a player like that. There is just such an ability for him to be a high-level creator and score alongside Nikola Jokic for the long term. Um, he really could be the Paul Millsap 2.0 offensively for this Nuggets team. He has a long way to go defensively, but there's just so much offensive talent it's undeniable, and he's a guy that if he falls into that 9, 10, 11 range, the Nuggets could look to move up a couple spots to try and grab him. The last guy I wanted to talk about that I think could fall potentially into that 8, 9, maybe even 7 range is Mo Bamba. Mohamed Bamba out of Texas is a technically a center. He's a 7-footer with a 7-9 wingspan, and he has been working with Drew Hanlon, who is really renowned as the greatest shooting coach as of right now in the NBA, one of the greatest shooting coaches. And you can see his three-point game coming along, his face-up game coming along. You can see him taking guys off the bounce and attacking closeouts. If his offensive game can continue to grow as he has these just completely 
freakish defensive metrics as just a physical specimen. I mean, he really could end up being a Rudy Gobert-type defender, but with three-point range and legitimate ability to take guys off the bounce. That, alongside Nikola Jokic, while it's not a perfect, seamless fit, it's so enticing and really just so curious that you have to at least look at that fit as a potential. If you can get prime Serge Ibaka type shot blocking with three pointer with like a three point range alongside Nikola Jokic, how do you argue that? How do you not at least try and see what you can build from that? So going back to needing defense and rim protection, if Mo Bamba falls to seven, eight, nine, or ten, he's definitely a guy I think Denver could look to trade up for. I would love to see what that looks like, and I would love to see Nikola Jokic with a guy that long, that athletic, in the short corner or in the corner as a three-point shooter, cleaning up misses or dunking things back home or hitting threes, and then cleaning up all of the miscues of Nikola Jokic back behind him as a shot blocker. It is just making me salivate even thinking about a Mo Bamba Nikola Jokic frontcourt down the line. Um, there is a potential for the Nuggets to trade back because there's not much high-level talent at the 14 spot that you couldn't get at the 20th spot. The one thing I'll say is that trading back for that reason burned the Nuggets badly last year when they tried to get OG Ananobi, and instead he was selected by Toronto one pick before them after they traded back. So I'm not gonna, even going to go too far into depth with this. If the Nuggets make that mistake again and get burnt for it, they kind of deserve to get burnt for it at that point. And it sucks, and it's not a thing that you want to have as part of the narrative and the optics for this Nuggets team, but the odds are, or the, the fact is, the Nuggets win the last year's draft. They thought they could trade back and still get their guy, and they didn't. And it absolutely hurt them. It ended up becoming more of a failure of a draft because of it. Not a complete failure, but there were things the Nuggets missed because of that decision. So I would be very wary of trading back. My favorite part and my favorite conversation and speculative idea of what could happen in the for the 2018 NBA draft for the Nuggets is the Nuggets trying to use this 14th pick to be able to pair it with a guy like Kenneth Fareed or Darrell Arthur or Wilson Chandler if he opts in to open up some more cap space as well as more roster, uh, roster spots on the team. It's you're not just clearing one of those salaries at that point because the Nuggets, who are expected to max out Nikola Jokic this summer, they're going to be $9 million into the tax if they keep everybody they have that is a that has a player option or needs to get extended, which is Nikola Jokic only, and then you're talking about Darrell Arthur and Wilson Chandler opting in. If all of those things happen, the Nuggets are $9 million into the tax, they lose their full mid-level exception, and they lose their biannual exception. If you decide to try and trade, let's say, Fareed on an expiring contract with the 14th pick to a team like the Suns or the Atlanta Hawks or the Orlando Magic, who are just in as bad of a spot as you can get at this point, you can suddenly open up the $14 million that is owed for Reed, the $2.5 million you would pay to your first-round pick, and then open up two roster spots that you would not have had before that. Pairing that pick with one of those guys could really open up so many opportunities for the Nuggets in free agency as opposed to the draft. So if the Nuggets do feel like trying to become players in free agency, pairing that pick with one of those contracts will give them both of their exceptions, it will give them two more roster spots, and it will also be able to allow them to have more money to spend in the free agent market for other guys who could be available. So for me, that is really the most interesting conversation to have is, are the Nuggets even going to pick in this draft? So... 
I don't expect them. I would probably put the odds at like 35% that they don't pick in this draft, but completely speculatory. Um, I don't expect them to trade back. I do expect them to at least attempt to trade up. But again, that's just my speculation. It's going to be an interesting draft. No one really knows where to go from here. History repeated itself. The Nuggets have the 14th pick, and that really just is all we know at this point. So from here on out, it's going to be pre-draft workouts, which you will hear tons about on this podcast, as well as on Mile High Sports, written by me and Jeff Morton and Dev Johnson. And once that gets going, we're going to get to the draft, we're going to have all that chaos, and then straight into Summer League. So keep it locked to Mile High Sports. There is going to be so much good content coming out with pre-draft workouts pretty much starting next week. So keep it locked here. Definitely make sure you get all your friends and yourself to subscribe to the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast on iTunes. I am still working on getting it up on other platforms. And I will be back to drop another podcast on Friday. That podcast will be more of a a season evaluation of Devin Harris and his time here. That was supposed to be this podcast, but with the draft lottery and things getting a little crazy, things had to be bent and altered. So thank you very, very much for listening. Make sure you rate, comment, subscribe, all of those things. But we will be back soon and have a good rest of your night. Johnny got a toy golf set when he was three, and from that day on, he was hooked. All he wanted to do was golf, golf, golf. He'd be on the links before school, after school. All he ever wanted was to go pro. And then, one day, when he was holding his grandson and thinking about his 12 handicap, Johnny realized it just might not happen for him. But you know what did happen for him? He switched to Geico and saved a bunch of money on car insurance. So that was good, and so was hanging out with his grandson. Geico presents oh, yet another voicemail from your roommate. Hi. So, about the kitchen. Turns out when there's a grease fire, you're not supposed to throw water on it. <laughs> Who would have known, right? Anyways, the fire department is here and it's totally cool. Give me a call back when you get a chance. The Geico Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected, like if danger is your roommate's middle name. Visit geico.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance.